Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days guaranteed with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed. And right now you can get started for just one dollar text the word grade to 32 32 32 right now hooked on phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day for more than 30 years hooked on phonics has been the proven learn to read program that kids love to use text grade to 32 32 32 and teach your child to read in just 30 days guaranteed text grade to 32 32 32 right now and get started for just one dollar text grade to 32 32 32 now text grade to 32 32 32 Yes, sir. What's up, everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 130 for March 16th, 2021. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. What's up, everyone? Tony B coming to you from New Jersey. What's happening? I always have to look at the calendar because I don't, I don't, you know. Episode days. one for March. <laughs> right. That. Excellent. But it is the 16th, the middle of March. It is. And and we are at episode 130. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. Episode 130, 130 hours of wisdom. Um, just a little... My uh, goodness. Uh, yes. Just to let everybody know, if you're watching live right now on Facebook, uh, we are broadcasting on a thing called StreamYard. You need to let StreamYard show your name. Just click that link in the description to let them show your name. Like this person didn't do, who said, hi, hey, guys, all we see is Facebook users. What up, Facebook user? But uh, we like to call you out by name and know who you are because sometimes you're somebody we know. And we, That's right. And we're happy to have you on board. Or they give uh, you clues <clears throat> like they're bringing the beer. Right, right. You remember that clue. And I knew I who that was. And I was, I was upset that he wasn't following instructions. 
but can't okay. stump the drummer, Steve. Come on. Yeah. You'll notice that I, I'm not in the studio today. I've observed that you're in your, it looks like a music den there. I'm in my office. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of switch things around. So I'm going to, I'm going to redo my office. So it looks a little better for this background, but uh, nice. we're not going to do it. Mike Schulte knows the deal. And he said, my dudes. Hey Mike, what's happening? <clears throat> and Facebook user said it's chunk and chunk would, you would think would know better. He knows better. He's just trying to go incognito. Well, he wouldn't have told us who he was if he was doing that. And then uh, David Caruzzi said uh, beer. Someone said beer. Someone uh, did say beer. <clears throat> David, it was I yeah. about 35 seconds ago. Yes, exactly. We, we talked about that. I'm, I'm not drinking beer. I'm drinking wine. Raise a glass. Yeah, I'm drinking a scotch tonight. No beer. I have to. Um, I was talking to my buddy on the phone last night and he was drinking scotch and and like i don't drink scotch i've never drink drank scotch no and it seems like a very sophisticated adult thing to do it takes a little getting used to in the beginning you know when you start drinking it so you know i kind of drank it like by like trial by fire kind of because i used to work with my buddy's dad and uh he's a painter and and we used to at the end of the day we got to go back to his house because we all drove in the car together you know and we'd always have a, a round of scotch. They were always drinking scotch, and they were drinking Clan McGregor, which is this, like, gallon jug, you know. Oh, there's Jeff on a new device, so he had to get acclimated. Chunk, yes. So anyway, it was like bargain scotch, <clears throat> like by the gallon style, you know. And we would drink it, and it was, like, you know, always warm, and it was not good. And I was like, man, scotch is just – how do you guys drink this? It's terrible. But then as time went on, then as I start to frequent more happy hours and things through work and and they had better scotches, then people were like, oh, well, you know, you don't judge a scotch by that because that's like, you know, an 18 to $28 a gallon, you know, bottle. Gallon. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to, you know, a nice, uh, you know, uh, a nice bottle of scotch maybe, you know. So I started looking for better scotches and right. I drank, you know, I used to drink what I could afford. And then as I got older – um, you know, I got turned on to more scotches. So you kind of refine your taste, you know, in scotch. And, and uh, that's what I've done, Steve. So I'm enjoying a scotch. Very nice. Sophisticated or not. It's it's tasty. I like it. Right. One and done. They're tasty, <clears throat> you know. Chunk asks, if it's better now, yes, better now. We can see your love. Much taste. more gooder. Yeah, Much Jer, more gooder for Chunk. Um, yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to be an adult at some point, And uh, I'll try a little scotch on the rocks there. <clears throat> Very nice. Yeah, my boys have tried it, and they're like, "Ugh, no! How do you drink that? It's horrible." Right. I might say the same thing. Who knows? Um, but anyway, you may. That's our, we're, I know we're, I did. We're, we don't endorse uh, drinking alcohol, especially if you're under 21. Make sure you're with a parent or guardian, and uh, <laughs> yes, and if you're drinking, don't dr- don't drive. <laughs> no, definitely don't drive. <clears throat> but if you're at home like we are, then be happy to indulge with us. We'd be happy if you did. I remember going to a George Thorogood concert, right? No, you didn't. Many times I saw George Thorogood, no. believe it or not. Yeah, oh yeah. Many times you've seen George Thorogood. I've seen him at least three or four times. That is crazy because I've never even come close to seeing George Thorogood live. Really? I never saw him as a headliner. He was always opening for somebody. You know, he was always okay. an opener. Maybe once I saw him as a headliner, maybe. But I never, I never forget you know, how he would always do the little vamp to do it, and he, you know, go on just like, you know, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. He'd tell you a little story why he's doing that. So he's, I never forget, you know, we were kids, and he's doing that little, that little chunky thing, and he says, you know, 
And listen, out there, people, he says, you know, you don't want to drink and drive, right? Definitely don't drink and drive. He said, if you've had too much to drink and you can't drive, he says, get your buddy to drive you home. And the place goes, <sighs> he says, and if you're there with your buddy and your buddy's girlfriend and your buddy's too drunk to drive you home, then get your buddy's girlfriend to drive she, you home. Like, like she's not <laughs> drunk, too. She's yeah. the drunkest of them all. And then he's like, and if you're all too drunk to drive home, then just find your buddy's girlfriend and drive her home. <laughs> Bad. Yeah, yeah, that was one for everyone's gosh. That that song is like a, a long story. I couldn't pay the rent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and out the door I went. Out the door I went. We used to listen to that song. We used to listen to that George Thurgood live album in my buddy's uh, 60 seven gto and we would drive around with that thing cranking and he had a keg in the trunk with the dispenser run under the seat and under the carpet so it came up inside his console get out of here that's yeah. funny no oh, yeah good times i was just talking about that last night to my uh with my buddy funny steve about drinking and driving how when we were younger we kind of used to do it and just just do it you know we'd drive around and just drink beer in the car and like I don't know how I never got in trouble for that. But I, I feel like there was a lot less accidents too, because I don't think people got like completely annihilated and then tried to drive. You know what I mean? But it was just, it was just a different time. You know, it was a different time. It wasn't so. Uh, you know, I mean, people still die drunk driving, and you know, you definitely don't want to drink and drive, right? No, that's, no, no. That, you know, but like yeah, you said, we looking were... back to say how it was just a different time. I think. Yeah, the, the, and we were younger and reckless and. I think cops were more lenient, you know, yeah, they'd be more prone to tell you to dump it out. No, you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, in, it was tough in New Jersey because New Jersey is a cop state, but, but, uh, uh, yeah. See, we never like drove around and drank, but we used to be in the car drinking like at a park or parked, you know, somewhere. And I, I can remember having to dump beer out. Maybe we weren't in the car, maybe yeah. we were actually like, on a picnic table or in a tire park or something. And then police would roll up and be like, you got to get out of here and you got to dump that. And, you know, they'd give you yeah. a hard time, but they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't take you in, you know? Yeah, that happened. Definitely. Um, um, so, uh, junior Marshall said, George Thurgood and the Delaware the, destroyers. The Delaware destroyers. That's right. Okay. All right. So I put, uh, James is kind of jumping the gun here because I, uh, so I'm not going to show his comment yet, but I put this in the, <laughs> I put this in the description about something I wanted to talk about. And I don't, I haven't talked about it with you at all. So had, did you watch the Grammys on Sunday? I did not. Okay. Did you see any news about it or any clips from it or anything? Um, I saw a little bit of stuff. I did. I've been very busy, but I haven't really kept up on what's going on, but I did see, uh, a little bit of stuff. Nothing too crazy though. So I, I can't comment much on it. Okay. Well, I did and I can. I, so I saw I, like I here's what I can tell you. Here's the okay. highlights of what I do know. I know okay. that Beyoncé, you know, is now the most decorated artist, you know, regardless male or female. I saw that Correct. she broke the records. Correct. Uh Taylor Swift had another album of the year. Correct. I think Billie Eilish had record of the year. Mm-hmm. And there was some other news uh J-Lo and A-Rod broke up or something. and That has nothing to do with the Grammys. I know, but it was all in the same news kind of blurb that I heard. So that's what I can tell you. Poor poor J-Lo. That's my two cents worth, all right? Okay. Well, uh, I mean, during the show, because I watch the Grammys every year. And and 
I usually you know, do too, Steve, religiously, but I did not this time. Yeah, I, I never miss the game. So it's, to me, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we're going to get into this conversation. A lot of people are going to jump in on this about how irrelevant the Grammys are because um, that was part of what the conversation that was going on. But it is still the Recording Academy of Music. It is still yep. an annual award show that, that features um, popular artists that have done well. And it's it's a thing. It is a thing in the music industry, and it's something that does affect stuff. Um, so I always watch it, and and I especially like to see the performances, um, especially um, you know the artists that I don't know. Mm. Um, and and I, I think every year I'm kind of introduced to somebody that I never heard of, or at least haven't heard their music before, and I always enjoy that part of it. And of course, there's a lot of it that's kind of fluff and, and whatever, but. I think um, we go back to episode maybe one oh no maybe in eighty nine we talked about this last time Grammys were on. I talk about it every year. Yep, I would say so. Um, but the conversation, and it's been going on since Sunday night uh, um, in the Cover Band Central group. Um, uh, all right, I got to show this comment because. Um, Dennis R. Downing said the Grammars <laughs> suck. And I think he meant to say the Grammys. So, uh, yep. oh, the irony of your comment there. Unless he knows Kelsey Grammar, doesn't like him. Yeah, but then you capitalize that, G. Um, Potentially. Wouldn't uh, you capitalize it for the Grammys too, though? Yes, you would. And you wouldn't say Grammars. You would well, say maybe Grammys. it's like Jersey Shore, you know, like Grammys, Grammars. No, I think it was a mistype. Anyway, but, but we but, understand so, what he's talking about. He does not he thinks the Grammys suck. Right. So I put I made a meme. There's a meme of a squirrel that's sitting back like this with his arms folded. Yep. Um that there's that picture and, and people make memes out of it. So I was I'm watching the Grammys and I'm looking at comments on, on Facebook and, and I'm like um so I went and took that squirrel picture and I made a meme that said musicians watching the Grammys. Like okay. okay. Yep. So I put that up and that, that started a whole thread of conversation about the Grammys. And, mm. and a lot of people at first were, the comments were like this. They were, I haven't watched the Grammys in years because the Grammys suck. And, you know, that sort of vari a variation of that kind of comment kept coming up. And I was like, wait a second, how are these people know that it sucks if they're not watching it? And it just seems like it, like it seems like a just flippant comment to make, uh, like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, a, a just a. Well, know. maybe it's from perspective of think about like when we were, you know, even like 15 years ago, right? When they had Grammys, or even 20 years ago, Grammys were always like. You know, bands were performing, whether it be Foo or Aerosmith or, you know, an artist and you, you knew a lot of the artists, you know, and then there came a wave, uh, you know, of, of about five or six years where there was just so many new artists came out. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden it seemed like the Grammys had turned into a different demographic, you know, uh, well, yes, uh, of, 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 you know, not only, um, you know, a spectator or viewer of it, but also of the participants in it. You know, it seemed like there was so much new, no, so many new artists and so much new talent that a lot of the mainstay, you know, typical people that you would normally see there were not as as prevalent anymore. Right. And, you know? and yes, that is true because 
you know, 15 or 20 years ago, we were 15 or 20 years ago, uh, uh, younger, and yeah. we were more into the current music. So I'm going to read Mike, who might still be listening here. Mike put up this this comment a couple hours ago, and I'm going to read it But um, on Facebook. He wrote, uh, to quote the poet Carl Reed from 1995, the kids haven't changed, you have, unquote. And then Mike goes on to write, new music is not bad, it's just not your cup of tea anymore because you have changed. You are no longer the free soul that you once were. You are now incapable of loving new experiences and taking in new ideas. Leave the kids alone and listen to some new music with an open mind. The same open mind that you had when you were younger, you might actually like it. And <clears throat> I applaud Mike for saying that, and I agree 100%. Because um, I am a music, I'm a musician, but I'm a music fan, and I've been a music fan my entire life younger than I've been a musician. So I like being introduced to new music. I like seeing, and and of course, some of the performers this uh, on this, uh, this Grammys this year I knew, I, I was familiar mm -hmm. with, uh, but, you know, I still like seeing those live performances. So, um, yeah, I mean, Chonk said, most people don't listen to music past what they listened to in high school. And, you know, that's probably true. People don't stay up on new music. I do. Um, and, and that's so, a shame too to not you know to not have grown or evolved as a musician to listen to to new stuff and even different genres of things that you would have listened to you know right I mean think about that like high school we listened to Van Halen you know incessantly we listened to you know Guns and Roses we listened to you know tons of bands Rush you know and some of those bands we still listen to today but not as the mainstay you know we would drive around and listen to Van Halen back to back to back to back for like three hours. You know, all different albums, because remember, there was no Internet, no streaming. You know, you either had a cassette or a CD player in your car. So you were listening right. to whatever music you had on you at the time. Right. There's a lot more options now. There's a lot more choices, sure. a lot more options of, of ways of listening to music and then a lot more choices of music to listen to because there's been new music made. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I, I <clears throat> uh, Dua Lipa, it was uh, she's one of the the top artist over the last year. She does pop dance type of music. She did a whole kind of uh, a, a montage of a couple of her songs with costume changes. And I thought it was great. It was a great performance. It was she did that live stream too, didn't she? Over COVID? She was the one that did the live stream that sold like a ton of tickets. and Yeah, tens of millions. Made a ton of money. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed her performance. It, it, not much different than the way things were 20 years ago. It's just a different artist and different yeah. music. Um, Bruno Mars did this thing, and I forget the other guy's name. Um, somebody's going to say it. but uh, And it was a new song that I'd never heard before, and it was fantastic. And, and Bruno Mars, you know, he killed it. Um, there was a band called Black Pumas that I had never heard of before, much less heard their music before. Mm. And I heard that name Black Pumas and I'm figuring, okay, probably hip hop group. And they came on and I was in the other room. I just kind of heard it and it was uh, not, it was, it was soul R and B rock song called colors and fantastic. I listened to it over and over again and I had never heard of that artist or anything before. So for that reason alone, for me watching the Grammys was worth it because I, I found a new artist that I like and a new song that I think yeah. is great. Um, and, uh, what they, there was, a, a um, Billie Eilish performance was okay. Um, Taylor Swift was okay. I mean, I'm not into Taylor Swift, so I like, but you know, I can respect what she does. 
Uh, but the, everybody was up in arms about the Cardi B, uh, Megan Thee Stallion performance of WAP. Are you familiar with the song WAP? Yes, I am. Okay. But I did not see the performance. How was it? It was, it was awful. I mean, it was, it was over the top. It was, uh, you know, if you know the subject matter of that song, they basically didn't shy away from showing you that that was the subject matter of that song. Okay. So it was like a stripper's pole and, and high heel thing and this enormous bed and Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Pushing the limits. I think this guy meant to, to use a U there, but. <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> the Grammys and, and the Vock, Grammys. Vock the Grammys. Grammys horseshit. But, but I mean. These guys are making these comments, and they're not give, they're not elaborating on why they say that. Why are the Grammys horseshit? Um, and there's reasons that Matt might have that are actually valid. That are just you know, it's all about the industry. It's all about who you know. There's payola going on there, and that's probably true. So I could see, you know, I, I wouldn't argue with his his comment and say that he's wrong. That's his way of looking at it. But he didn't elaborate on why he said it's that way. So, um, but. Again, I watch it because I'm a music lover and I like to know what's going on in, in, in the industry and I like to see the performances and, and how they do it. So I was watching today, Rick Beato. Anybody uh, knows Rick Beato? We're big fans of his. He's a YouTube yep. guy, music musician. And uh, he did a video yesterday of about lip syncing. And he said, you know, were the performances lip synced on the Grammys? And he did about a half hour video about that. And and that's something I really really pay attention to a lot because I want to know. Um, there's some good lip syncers out there, though, Steve. That's exactly what Rick said. He's like, there's people out there that are really really good at lip syncing. Yeah. But he mentioned a couple of things, a couple of ways you can tell. That uh, one of one of them is the peas popping. You know, because if you're if you're yep. recording, you're not gonna you're you're not gonna have pop peas pop peas. Yeah. Um. um and another, he didn't say this, but another way that I check is the breath, because you know, in between each note, right. there's an inhale, there's an exhale, and you can hear that on the mic. So, so you watch their the breathing and listen for the breathing on the mic, and then you can tell. Um, and uh, and but another thing that Rick said is where they hold the mic, because when you when you're singing live, you tend to kind of pull the mic back and, and sort of regulate your mix based yeah. on how hard you're pushing your voice. And if you see people doing that, then t- typically they are singing live. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people that are good lip syncers and they know yeah. to do that when they're lip syncing. Right. Um, and, and so Rick was saying that he felt that there was a lot of tracks and, I heard tracks, but there was definitely live music, music, musicians, instruments being performed. And some of the vocals were definitely, definitely live. Like Bruno Mars was definitely singing live. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, the Black Pumas the guy was definitely singing live. Um, t- Taylor Swift and, and um, Billie Eilish. Um, so, so, most, you know, so, so one of the reasons that people say, oh, the Grammys are bullshit because people go – and lip sync performances, but a lot of those performances were not lip synced. A lot of those performances were sung live. Yeah, they no were doubt, legit. No doubt about it. So there might have been some backing tracks with it, um, and maybe some of the instruments weren't plugged in. 
I, you know, I didn't pay that close attention to it. I was watching, you know, to see, and, and it's easy enough if you're playing bass to, to mime that part. Like you can't really tell the difference whether you're miming it or somebody's playing it live on TV. Um, so yeah, you're still playing the notes, right? So you're still yeah. going through the motions, you know, but who cares? Why does that even matter? They're, they're, you know, you're still, it's about the song. It's really more about the vocals anyway. Um, so a lot of big conversation about that. And like you're seeing here, um, uh, of the cover of a King song. I did not know that. Okay. So Keith White said, uh, back when have a good sound, they had a, a song in one of the Super Bowl commercials cover of a King song. I did not know that. Hmm. Uh, and Melanie just said vomitous. So <laughs> I don't know what she's vomitusing about but Either, probably the grammys steve not the black pumas probably um and uh so the other topic of conversation that i saw was the eddie van halen thing you know they always have the in memoriam i did see oh. something about that they said 15 seconds of tribute was not enough for eddie right and was it really they, that brief well the way they always do in memoriam on the grammys is the 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 bigger stars that have passed away get like, you know, made more screen time. So like they'll just be that one person on the screen and they'll say when they were born, when they died and have a nice picture of them and their name. Um, and then they'll go through people that are less popular and have multiple names on the screen at once. They've always kind of done it that way to get through because mm -hmm. so many people have died. Um, so they started it with a tribute that it started with the Bruno Mars again singing and he was uh little richard was the one that they were um paying tribute to and uh, uh bruno mars was dressed up as little richard and they went through a couple like small sections of little richard songs and that was cool and then they showed a couple of quick ones and then i think the next one was uh kenny rogers and lionel richie was there just by himself singing um lady which he wrote and was a hit for Kenny Rogers and was also a hit for yep. Lionel Richie. Um, so he sang a little bit of that and it was really nice, man. Lionel Richie, and he was definitely singing live. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and that was, that was great. And then they went a couple more and then they showed just Eddie's guitar on a stand, you know, the Frankenstein guitar. Yeah. And then a video of him playing part of eruption. Um, and it said Eddie Van Halen when he was born, when he died. Um, and it was about 15 seconds long. Maybe somebody timed it and it was exactly 15 seconds. I don't know. And then they went on to more of the in memoriams and, and more quicker stuff. So people were saying that they should have paid more attention to Eddie. They should have given him more time. Um, and uh, Armando said, greetings all. Greetings, Armando Fernandez. What's um, up? So, I mean, there's two ways to look at this. They actually did give the, him solo time in that in memoriam section early in the, early in that piece. So they did, you know, it's not like they ignored him. You know, they they gave him his spotlight. Um, and there's a lot that you have to do on a Grammy show. Also, the Academy asked Wolfgang if he would come on and perform, and he declined. So they asked his son. The academy to come on perform pay tribute to his dad and he declined so what more do you want 
What, what more do people want from a Grammys? They did, you know. I think like when you see a show, maybe sometimes like um, Screen Actors Guild Awards or, you know, when they have Golden Globes or, or even um, Oscars, you know, sometimes when they have actors that have passed, they'll do a memorial tribute, you know, and it is, yeah, it is, it, it is maybe, yeah, but it is, it is like, you know, three, four minutes long sometimes, you know? Yeah. This, go, was, you know. this was, this was the whole in memoriam uh, part of that show was like 12 minutes long. It was long. Uh, right, exactly. So I would have thought, yeah, maybe they would have, you know, I, I think when you have, you know, it's it's so hard to say, right? Because think about, you know, you, you lose Eddie, you, you lose someone like Neil Peart too, right? Like those are guys are maybe not the, the, the solo pop artist top, you know, seller like you'd associate with, you know, the Grammys, so to speak, but you know, as far as American music goes, you know, and throughout the world, they are, they have made such an impact and a, a contribution and, and such a stylistic diversity from the rest of the pack. You know what I mean? That I would think that someone, you know, in, in that, you know, and not to diminish anyone like a little Richard, who also was a pioneer, but at the same time, think of someone like Eddie, who, you know, or Neil, who's synonymous with, you know, not only redeveloping the style of the craft, but re redeveloping the instrument itself and how it's played and how it sounds and, you know, what, and what is now considered to be the God, right? If you said the guitar God, yes, Eddie Van Halen, a drum God, Neil Peart, you know, when they're of that stature, I think there, there should be some sort of consideration for that. Well, there was, I mean, what more can you do on a show that like the Grammys that has a, a, a an agenda of a lot of things. Yeah, maybe just insert a speech or two like of Les Paul when he played at the, you know, Les Paul's birthday and just saying, you know, some quotes like this is a, this is a man who needs no introduction, blah, blah, blah. You know, he changed, you know, just some blurbs. Now I'm not saying like a, you know, a 15 minute video montage of all kinds of highlights. Everyone, you know, has seen all of that stuff already, but just maybe some, some other blurbs, but uh, again, like you said, there's a lot they have to go through. They're, they're short on yeah, time, it's, it's, and there's a lot of information they got to get out. You know, yeah, it's a part of the show. The in memoriam is always a part of the Grammy show, and they they post they they post they put up pictures or, or or pay tribute to everyone that has passed away in the last year. And and the order they went in is kind of kind of like seniority. It's Little Richard was has been around the longest out of anybody, and then Kenny Rogers. You know, he was older too. Uh -huh. So and and then Eddie and and. I don't, there was a couple more that they, oh, uh, John Prine that they yep. paid a little tribute to. Somebody played a song. So, you know, you, yeah, Eddie deserves, you know, all the accolades, but on a show like the Grammys, what more do you want? I mean, you, they, they did, they put him by himself on the screen and put a video of him playing eruption. And it was, it, and the, the, the guitar on the stand, it was, I, I thought it was beautiful. Um, Listen, yeah. Steve, like we talked about last week, everyone's always going to have an opinion about everything. So yeah. some people are going to say it was great. It was beautiful. People are going to say, oh, it was terrible. Other people are going to say, oh, I love the Grammys, I, you know, for all these reasons. And other people are going to say, I hate the Grammys for all these reasons. So it, it's you know, Every, each their own, you know? And it's fine. But you know what? A lot of people to me sound like they're, you know, their dads now. Like sound like your, your parents. <laughs> they sound like your parents did. Well, listen, oh, great. Like I said, great. Like why don't you listen to some real music? Oh, great like comment from earlier. Like I said, open your mind, you know? Like you're not going to grow if you don't open your mind, right? You can't grow as a musician if you're not exposed to new stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be playing the same ideas all the time and you're you're going right. to sound you're going to sound the same all the time, right? Yes.
I, you know? I love music. I love evolving. I love learning new stuff. And, and that you know? doesn't mean I don't still love the old stuff just as much. Of course. I, I remember going to the NAMM show and running into Billy Ward, who was, who was playing drums with Jewel at the time. And Bill Ward from Black Sabbath? No, no, no. Different guy. Well, um, you got to clarify that. Okay. I, I just said he's, I don't think Bill Ward from Black Sabbath played drums with Jewel. You never know. <laughs> I thought that was your whole point. Like he played with Sabbath, now he's playing with No, Jewel. no, and he said, you know, if you're not putting, you know, ten different bass drum heads and snare heads and tom heads, if you're not constantly changing all these things that are at your disposal to investigate and experience what kind of sound you get out of it, you won't know if you like it or not. You know, so it's like right. just because you're, you know, your bass drum sounds great right now. So people's like, don't, don't touch it. That's my sound. That's like, and that's great. That's that, you know, then some guys have that. And once you find, it's really hard to find a good bass drum sound sometimes, you know? So once you get a killer sound, you're like, oh man, I'm going to keep this one. But his point was saying, but yeah, but there's like, you know, 20 other combinations that you might be able to try that you might like better or not, but you won't know until you try them and experiment with them and, and did, do different things. And then you can say, oh, I tried that head and I didn't like it, or this is what it did for me, you know? So it's just experience, you know? The more things you can experience in life on the journey, the more, uh, you know, open-minded you are to those things, then the, just it, the greater experience you're going to have and the, the greater, you know, character and, and, and breadth of some sort of, you know, perspective you'll have on things, right? Because you'll have a little bit of, 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 of a wider field of vision. Yes. But people get old and they're fuddy-duddies and they act like the parents right. and they don't even and, realize Right, it. and they forget about the power that they have to be great, you know? It's not like our music was back in the day. Well, that's what your parents said too. Mm-hmm. Things change. Come on, yeah. roll with it. Enjoy right. it. See, see the, the artistry in it. I mean, and not for all of it. I mean, the Cardi B, that thing, I could do without that, man. That, that just, the whole performance to me was just, it was ridiculous. It was too over the top. It was dumb. But... There's kids out there that are going to be loving that. Yeah, and also, so, like you said too, it's also not just the the the, the newer generations of music, but the styles of music too, right. right? Don't be pigeonholed into just listening to metal or just listening to jazz. You right. know, like listen to everything. All right. So Fred Gonzalez said Prince got an eight and a half minute tribute for his contribution to the music and the craft. Enough said, and I don't know what he means by enough said, but. He's saying that Eddie was either cheated or Prince was more deserving. That's right. One of those two is what he's saying. Correct. Um, so, I mean, you can't really compare the two. You know, Eddie was an innovative, uh, inspirational guitar player for, for many people who ended up picking up guitar uh, and a songwriter in Van Halen. But Prince was a multi-instrumentalist and a songwriter and made a movie, uh, made a couple movies and, and, I mean, I don't think it's a competition, though. I think it's just they both made tremendous contributions, you know, in their own right. So should should have Eddie have gotten an eight and a half minute tribute? No, but I think people were just saying, you know, and again, me just reading the comments and saying that they felt slighted by a 15 second, you know, drive by and Prince gets an eight minute thing. Yeah, they probably could have done something more, you know, to to honor Eddie. Just because, again, just because like the, the enormity of the person who he was, the personality, right? Eddie Van Halen, everyone, you know, associates that. And when you hear, you know, any song that he plays on, you can immediately say that's Eddie Van Halen. I, I wish they, cause they did offer to Wolfgang and he declined. So I wish that they came up with something else, you know, offered it to somebody else, maybe another band to come on and play. But, but then that doesn't, I don't know. 
because you get another band and that's the entire band van halen but we're just talking about eddie so right maybe if you get another guitarist but but then again, like, I think it would have just been get? cool if they had guys that came up and, you know, they had clips of interviews or, or, you know, segues in between different over the years, you know, interviews or things that people said about him. You know, like I said, like when Les Paul introduced him at his birthday and things like that, you know, just to, not so much. Like I said, everyone knows what Eddie does and how yeah. he sounds and how he plays. You know, I don't think it would be a, a montage of all his greatest hits. I think it would be more of just that's, people that's speaking, people speaking to the impact that, that he had on them or that he had on music in general. That's a good idea. You should work for the Academy, Tony. Dude, recommend me. Um, Tracy said Wolf had a very good reason for declining, and I know he did, and I'm not saying that he he should have accepted. Um, I think his reason was very valid. What was um, his reason? That he didn't feel like him going on and playing his father's stuff would do justice to his father's stuff. You know, it's his, agreed. Well, this, yeah. it, and not knowing that, it, like you said, validates what I just said. It wouldn't. I don't think anyone could go up there and try to pay tribute to him by recreating the parts. I think that, you know, they would have to go up and, and just have a montage of, of people speaking of how, yeah, you know, okay. uh, of his legacy and, and, and of how, you know, instrumental he was and, and, and his impact on, you know. Okay. So yeah, Fred clarified that he was more deserving what he got. And, and uh, yep. yeah, yeah. Tracy said, right. He was asked to play eruption and, and Wolf was, and he could, Wolf he could probably play it, but it's not his dad. And he, you know, I think he was right for declining and to come on and play eruption. Um, I, I would agree. You know, maybe a yeah. video of Eddie playing eruption himself at his prime would have been would have been sufficient. You know, when he's back that's in what his they did. when he's back in his twenties. You know, that's what they did. They showed yeah. a video of, of Eddie playing eruption. Yeah, right. Because think so, about it, that. That was really if you think back to that time, that was really the first album when people heard that where they were like, "Holy shit." And then he played Spanish Fly on the acoustic because people said, oh, it's all gimmicks, you know. And he said, okay, I'll just play it on an acoustic guitar with no effects and show right. you that this is this is how it's done, you know. Right. So I think when people first heard that, that's when they were like, holy shit, this, is, this guy is something special, you know. It's something different. And then like he said later in interviews, then everyone started doing it. He invented, you know, the hammer on and, and, and the whole thing. But then once like anything else, people emulate it, they copy it, they, they perfect it, you know, Ingve had it down and Satriani, and all those guys, everybody, everybody. But I'm saying yeah. early on, you know, it was like him, Steve I, maybe Ingve, Satriani. There wasn't a lot of guys that were able to do that, you know? Right. Um, and by the time they caught up, he had it mastered. So he was doing it all the time, you know? Yeah. Just about every eighties band with, with a, you know, guitar shredder was using the tapping. But take a band like Muse. I mean, that guy's phenomenal too. You know, they're three piece, almost like a modern day Rush. But the the, the sound they have is just enormous. I mean, it's unbelievable. Right. You know? And the shows are super, super produced. And that guy, you know, and, and the the singer in that band and plays lead guitar and, and is really the band leader and the songwriter is you know is equally as capable. He does all those same tricks, hammer ons and the one handed right. tapping and all that stuff. You know. Right. While singing. So, I mean, again, and there's another band, Muse, right? Like, where are they ever at the Grammys or on any charts? But they're selling out hundreds of thousands of people, stadiums, you know, all over Europe, Rome, Olympic Stadium, Wembley, you know, multiple nights. I mean, they have a rabid fan base, you know, millions of albums sold, super talented band. Like I said, I've seen them live, top five concerts, if not top two between them and the Foo Fighters, I think. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Grammys is more about record sales and and popularity in the industry. And it is, there is political for sure. Popularity in the industry. That's what it comes down to. It is, you know, it is certainly political. And I'm sure there's money being handed under the table. 
uh, to people to get people on the ballots and blah, blah, blah. So whatever. I mean, but again, just to recap or, or just to kind of close this out, I, I, I always watch the Grammys every year because I, I'm a music fan and I wait to know what's going on in the industry. And I always get some value out of it uh, oh, yeah. for me, something. So, um, so there you go. So uh, the other thing was this weekend I played two gigs. Oh yeah. Right. Two I gigs. Played two gigs. Yes. I wow. got a, I got a call. Uh, probably on Wednesday, I guess, to play Friday night on Bourbon Street. Wow, because I know you were playing Saturday out of the quarter. Yes. So Friday you played on Bourbon Street. Yes. What happened was they, they have loosened the restrictions here now in New Orleans, and it was starting on Friday, this past Friday, uh, where clubs could have bands. Indoors. Indoors. So Masks, social distancing, or free-for-all? Wow. Yeah, free for all. Um, okay. Well, kind of. All right. So I have <laughs> semi free for all. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so it was announced for Friday that we can have, they can, New Orleans can have been. So I, I got the call on Wednesday saying, hey, can you play Friday night? We're going to play at Famous Store, which is one of the clubs, one of the oh, bigger yeah. clubs on Bourbon Street. Sure. So not every bar on Bourbon Street that would normally have bands started right away on Friday having bands, just really just that club. And maybe there was one other one. Um, and we got to play six, starting at six o'clock on Friday afternoon, evening, and then uh, till 11, 11 is the cutoff time. That's when okay. you have to be done uh, according to the current. Still that's five hours. And with a couple of breaks, you know, you probably good four hours of music, right? Four plus. Yeah. We, we did one break, but I'm going to show you, and I, I've explained this to you before, but now I have pictures to show you. But I'll explain it for the audio audience here. Okay, uh, let us let us review your footage here, Steve. This is good. Um, so this was set up quite a while ago, I, I guess around the beginning of the pandemic or, or around Halloween when for some reason Halloween weekend we were allowed to play. But the band that, that was at there was, was told that they needed to put something – in front of the stage. Yeah. The, a, plex, the plexiglass, as you guys did last time with the dirty handprints all over it. And stuff. Right. That's what we had at crazy corner, but at, at, at famous door, they had something else. And I'm going to show you the picture and I will describe it to the audience. <laughs> but this is the picture from Friday night prior to us playing what it looks like of the stage from the crowd. That is Dollar store, clear shower curtains, clear shower curtain liners hanging from the top and hanging down pretty to cool. pretty about, cool. about knee level, I guess. And what are all those tables? What tables? Are those crowd blockers like right in front of this? Is that this the railing? Is, the, this is, the, the, is that the railing at the, at the uh, famous door? That is the railing that is in the middle. Bottom middle is the staircase that goes up to the stage. Gotcha. And I remember because you walk in that place and the stage is on your left, hard left as soon as you walk in. Like you're walking in along the left on stage uh, right. Depending on which door you walk in. If you walk in the caddy corner door on the corner. Um, over, you know, over. Yes, to, if you look at this correct. picture, the door to the left. Correct. So, okay. so this was surrounding, basically surrounding the stage. And. Interesting. As you could, 
So you could see, I mean, <laughs> there's no people on the stage, so you can't really see what. Well, what, of course not, because you're taking the picture. So how can you take the picture? Right, that was before. But I'm going to show you my jamming. view. I'm going to show you my view from the stage. Oh, this is going to be good. This is my view. Oh, that's not it. That's not right. your view. No, there it is. Yeah, that is my view. That is, uh, <laughs> that's Tracy that's, there. Uh, that's um, Tracy. Getting ready. Key, and, and, the, and, and the keyboard player is to your left. So the you're in player, and drummers to your right. The drummers to my right. The keyboard so you're player on is, hi hat side. Yes, the, the keyboard player is basically in front of me, and then the guitar player is over on the other side, stage right. Gotcha. Um, but as you can see, it looks like there's people out there, but you can't see. Kind of. That's good if you have stage anxiety. You know, you really can't tell if you're playing in front of people or not. It's like almost having a rehearsal. That is true. That's a good point. Um, but that and, is pretty bizarre. And uh, yeah, Keith said that's a high class joke. <laughs> well, dude, you know what's funny? Like that picture you just showed me. We played a wedding one time. I never forget it. We we pulled up, and the guy was like, "So you walk in the venue. You walk through the front door of the venue, and it's this big hallway, right? And this big corridor leads down to probably fifty feet long into a giant ballroom, right?" Uh -huh. So the guy says, there's no room to set the band up in the room where the reception is. So you guys are going to go up in the balcony. So we're like, okay. So we go up this rickety staircase. As soon as you walk in, you walk down that corridor, and to the left is a staircase, and it takes you right upstairs. And now you're in this balcony area, and the balcony is like – we'll just call it like maybe 15 by 40, like 15 feet deep by 40 feet wide you know, with a wall around it, right? So it's cordoned off, and we set the speakers up, and the PA is like right at the front of the balcony, so it's blasting into the room. And then guitar, singer – and bass player are right up at the front of the balcony, you know, looking over the railings into the venue. Right. But now back up a little bit, and now you got the keyboard player, and right offside that balcony, because we couldn't fit everybody in the balcony, there's a set of double doors, and then there's another room. So I'm <laughs> set up with the drums in this room that's probably like 20 feet back from the balcony, which is 15 feet deep, so I'm five feet into this, this private room, and all I can tell you is that the drums were so loud, it was like a private drum solo performance. Like I had everyone in my monitor in my in-ears so I could hear everybody, but you couldn't see. I never saw the crowd. I was in the back. I was looking at it was in like a separate room from everybody else, and it was the same thing. It was like these French doors with these curtains on them, and we had them open, and Kel would like come back and talk to me. I was like, hey, man, doing okay? And, and I think and, and even Jimmy was up front with the keyboard. So it was like my private room, and just like the kick drum in the front half of the, the kit was like onto the balcony. But from where I was sitting, I was in this like little private area which is pretty That's cool, great. but it was like a private gig. Like you were saying, it was just like count off the tune and it was like rehearsal, just like your picture with the shower curtains. Like there's right. no, in, no interaction. I'm like, as if I'm jamming in my studio. Well, I have even better than the picture too, that I show you. I took a little video to show you the difference between oh, fantastic, the difference between looking from the stage point of view, looking through the shower curtain, as opposed to looking past it. So we're, we're going to show you and our wonderful. Let's see that. Our, our wonderful audience here. We're going to show you this video here. And there's no sound because there was a music playing, and I, I don't want to violate any copyright rules. Here. See that? Wait, 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 wait. That girl's like, I'm on camera. Yes. So that was looking stage left, I guess. And now this is like center stage. 
but there's the you know the hole there and okay <laughs> hey there you go hey there are people there dancing look at that and you can people see that, uh, there's a couple masks people are kind of wearing masks there so some people were you know doing what they wanted I do with no masks and some people were like, okay, you know, we're going to protect ourselves. And that was sort of the thing on Bourbon Street. It was pretty busy, the whole street. Yeah, um, there's a lot of good crowd. We can see a good crowd. And then back on stage, here we go. You know, this was, uh, <laughs> we were on break, I think. Or, I was going to say, they're all dancing, getting down, and the band's not even playing. Well, there was music playing. They're all hiding out, man. They're outside smoking, hitting the head, getting the beer. That was see. I can't film while I'm playing. So that I know. you it. need like a body cam, Steve. You need some way of like Wait. filming while you're playing. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but now you see what it looked like. So we were told uh, just before we started. I mean, literally, we're ready to count off the first song, and then this guy comes in. He's like, "You guys got to all wear masks." So we're on stage behind the shower curtains and, and wearing masks, and the whole audience is no no face or not. So we were told put on masks and then, and then the sound guy's up there and he's like, well, obviously you don't, you don't, you can pull it down if you have to sing, if you're singing, you know, yeah. cause I, I tried it. I tried singing on it and it sounds like, well, plus you're behind the curtain, dude. So, I mean, come on. I, yeah. So I don't really understand it. What the deal was there. Um, um, but I, I mean, I put the mask on, but then if I'm singing harmonies, I got to pull it down and sing. But I'm playing bass too, so I I, I can't be. Well, listen, you're in the down, shower. Is anybody police in that? Like the guy comes, sticks. He's like, "Hey, man, put your mask yes. on." Yes. Then he splits. Yes. Now, if you're there and you just take it, you're like, "Yeah, whatever, man. You don't put your mask on." It's like the guy coming back, like, "Hey, I told you to put your mask on." <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. You're, no, but, you're, you're, no, but you're yes. back behind a curtain, man. No, but yes, he did come back a couple times and poked his head in right by me. And if I didn't have my mask on, he was like, "Hey." <laughs> you should oh have God. been like you oh. should have been like <coughs> sorry uh all right so uh, uh asked, we lost a that, lot that of local venues funny, here in new york westchester what's been your experience hunting for new places uh as far as i'm concerned it you know new place I, I live in new orleans i play on bourbon street and you know the places that were there are still there and they're going to be opening back up soon um, hey, I got my first gig June 15th, so we're starting, you know, we're starting up here too. And what kind of gig is that? I'm sorry. April, next month. What, out, what out, kind of outdoor bars, having having bands, outdoor stage, and it's going to be warm enough now where the weather's, you know, starting to turn where they're going to start having bands again. And they were closed for the winter due to that very fact that, you know, 25 people in a place that holds, you know, 250, it's just not going to work. Right. But are indoor venues opening back up again in Jersey yet or no? Um, they're, they're starting to – no, they're not opening, but they're starting to book for like April, May okay. in anticipation of, yes, you know, we're going to start to have outdoor um, – you know, that that's the whole stipulation. It's the outdoor-indoor thing. You know, it's just too cold for indoors, so everything's still shut down. But right. as soon as the warm weather comes, you know, and vaccines now here and, you know, it's, it's looking a little more promising. So we have, you know – the one place we play, we probably have gigs, you know, every once a month through October. Okay. And then a couple other places that are starting to fill in now. And they all, you know, they all said the same thing, like call back, you know, end of March, April. Start calling like February, just saying like, hey, what's going on, you know? Good. That's so good. It's picking up. 
That's it, good. It seems like that's happening all over the place, that things are starting yeah. to kind of slowly trickle back to the way they were. And, uh, um, you know, and maybe perhaps by the summer, everything will be back to normal or, or yep. at least by the fall. Um, but yeah, I played Saturday. So then I, I did that Friday night and we ended up stopping it like 1030. So we played five sets. Um, and it's been a long time since I played five sets. And uh, how was your good. elbow? It was fine. I, cool. it, I had no problems with it. Um, and it was a good time. Um, and then Saturday morning, I had to get up to go play at noon. And we played this place called Felix's, which is right on the lake. It's on the southern side of Lake Pontchartrain here in Louisiana, New Orleans. And super awesome, man. Outdoor vibe, um, you know, bar, restaurant, and people, you know, looking. Our point of view is looking out at the harbor with nice. all, all the boats there. And people were coming by in boats and then stopping and coming out and having a drink and, and watching the band. Um, very summery, outdoor, good time, party vibe, fun fun easy gig uh the we finally for the first time in a long time had the band be suburban had everybody that's in the band the actual members so we didn't have any subs we had the actual band and so then, that was because friday night you did not friday night we did not right we had a sub drummer and a sub guitar player yes uh, okay so saturday was the full band full force saturday full band full force so it felt really good nice um I know. I, I just. I mean, it reminds me of when I used to play down in LBI when I was in Jersey on, on Sundays yep. during the afternoon during the summer. I just super cool, man, because everybody's in such a good mood and people are outside, so they can social distance. Some people, the whole staff was wearing masks. They were very professional, um, except for the fact that they told us they kept telling us in the beginning to turn down. That the manager was like, "You're too loud. You're too loud. You're too loud." We, we were told the sound man was told probably six times. Um, we were told about three times, like you guys got to come down. Wow. But as soon as more people got there. Um, That's always the case, you know, when it's early in the night and you start blowing, you know, you, like, you know, you, you, you've been there, you're playing a gig and it's like, you know, the place holds a hundred, there's 20 people there and you're not going to come out swinging because exactly you start playing right. something that's a little upbeat or aggressive. And then halfway through the song, the guy's coming over, like you gotta, you gotta lower it, you know? Yeah. But we're a loud rock band, and our drummer yeah. hits loud, and I play loud, and my guitar player plays loud. But Tracy was there, and she said it was a great time, and, and the band sounded fantastic. Thank you, Tracy. Awesome. Um, that's a, not Tracy, my singer, but it's Tracy, uh, one of our friends. And um, um, and there was one highlight, too, for me. This this trumpet player, his name's Trey. I, his last name escapes me, but he came up, and he jammed a couple of songs with us. He came up by me, so I, I backed up and let him have some space there. And... I love cats coming up and sitting in, especially horn players. Um, Blowing COVID. <laughs> COVID all over the, all over the patio. Uh, oh, that's right. He was outdoors. So it's, it's, it's allowed. It doesn't count. At, at COVID, hey, COVID. Still no horns indoors, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh. But yeah, COVID can't be spread outdoors or, or before 11 p.m. So correct. So don't wear a mask after 11 PM. That's when, that's when COVID comes out. Like <laughs> we're going to infect everybody. Just kidding. And it's a dumb rule that that's going on here. Like everybody's got to be stopped by 11 because yep. what, because what? Um, but anyway, that was uh, the Saturday afternoon gig. The trumpet player came up jam with us a bunch of tunes and that's cool. Trey, I guess Trey, the trumpet player. Trey, yeah. And I guess we're going to have some more gigs there 
going into the summer because it's only March right now. Um, and I'm really excited to play there again. It was really And how cool. was the weather? It was nice? Oh, it's gorgeous, dude. Oh, it's awesome. beautiful. It was mid to upper 70s. Beautiful, sunny day. Uh, little light breeze. Just perfect. Yeah. Um, Jason Wood said he just booked his uh, for the spring, summer, and fall gigs. And he said things are looking up. Where are you, Jason, in the world? Yeah. Tell us, so Jason, where you are so we know uh, what, what's happening in your neck of the woods. Uh, but it seems like, yeah, the, the, the vibe I'm getting now just in cover band central in, in the music world is much of uh, uh, a more of relief, more of anticipation of this being a reality where we're going to get things back to, to normal. And Jason hit said he's in Massachusetts. So he's a little bit North of you. Cool. Uh, so that's good, man. People need live music and we need to play. Yeah. I and we knew it was coming. Like all the venues that we spoke to all said, you know, talk to you like April, May. You know, we're not going to have anything before that. Right. And, you know, the ones that that were, you know, we would frequently have in the rotation have all called and said, okay, here's here's the calendar. Let's, you know, get your book out and let's, let's put stuff down. So like I said, the one place we got April, May, June, July, maybe not July. We got April, May, June, August, September, October, you know, booked uh, already. And then there's two or three other places that are following suit, which is fine, dude. You know, you know, play a couple times a month over the course of the summer. It's great, you know, especially with with what's going on and places are starting to open back up again. And you know, we've been real busy here in the studio, like I said, with COVID and and, and being in where we, you know, we're up and running now. So I hope the audio sounds better tonight because I'm running sounds through my great. new my my new studio interface. So it should be nice and clean and rich and and noise free. It sounds perfect to me. Good. Hopefully, when I listen back, it will sound just as perfect. Yeah, uh, but nobody has complained. So, well, even so, when it's even when the audio is horrible, Steve, no one complains. I know people are so nice to us. You know, that's it. They just you know, um, uh, they got a sound in the background. They're not really listening to what's going on anyway. So they're talking to each other. Yeah. That's what they're doing right now. Um. Yeah, it's good if, if, if we I'm can seeing comments come you know, up here that I don't understand what, what the comments are. And I guess people are talking to each other in other places here. Uh, uh, but Tracy did say the sound quality is nice. So ah, good. Thank you, Tracy. There you go. So I, yeah, I have uh, end of April, uh, a weekend, April 30th, May 1st, I have a gig booked out in Florida, out in Destin that I'm subbing for um, the guitar player. Called me a couple of weeks ago. Somebody I, wor- I worked with a long time ago here in New Orleans, uh-huh. and he lives out there. And they have a band that needs a bass player for the weekend, and asked me if I would do it. And uh, said he would send me a song list. I have yet to get it, but he said you're going to know most of these songs anyway. So, how far dr- can you drive that? I'm going to drive it. It's it's a uh, it's a three and a half four hour drive from here. That's no, not terrible. No, it's not terrible, and it's two nights. And he's given me a place to crash. Cool. Uh, and he's given me a little bit of extra money too for because I'm driving. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Destin is awesome. That whole area, it's Florida Panhandle Beach, yeah, on the southern southern Panhandle, um, right on the Gulf of Mexico. It's beautiful, and it's end of April, beginning of May. The weather is going to be just magnificent. So I I can't wait for that. Play a gig on a Friday night. Spend all of Saturday on the beach, and then go play yeah. Saturday night. You know. So I'm looking awesome. very, very forward to that. Florida has been kind of opened up for a while now. So, yeah, they're way ahead of us. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, we're, we're catching up there. So everybody, breathe a sigh of release and relief that things are going to be playing again. People that love music who have been dying for concerts. The Wisdom Whistle. Yeah. I got the wisdom bell. Um, it's it's all coming back, and everybody, uh, we're, we're, we're the light at the end of the tunnel is here. We can see it. I hope it's so. Happening. I so got a people, text. Yeah, people are ready, I, man. People are ready. And I got a text today to asking if I could, uh, if I'm open for gigs. And I said, I'm open for everything. So let's, let's go. Um, so there'll be, uh, there'll be more gigs coming my way. I'm excited to hear about your gig next month. Um, yeah, it should be good. We'll start rehearsing, you know, run through a couple of, you know, bunch of stuff. Cause we haven't played in a while. Um, so that should be fun. And then, uh, yeah, good times, man. Good times. Don't forget, everybody, go to CoverBandCentral.com. Sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free, and it's getting a lot more activity now on the news feed. The news feed is just like Facebook. It operates just like Facebook, so just go over there and sign up and uh, uh, post something on the news feed and say hello. And you can join groups, too. There's groups for every every part of the music industry. If, you, uh, if you're if you feeling generous want to throw something in our tip jar, it's paypal.me slash CoverBandCentral. That's there. Um, and uh, also, Tips if you want to send me hate mail, Steve at CoverBandCentral.com. <laughs> yeah, because people, people sometimes complain and they have they always yell at me, but I don't take it personally. I'm good. You know, Steve, people are like garbage trucks. Sometimes they just get filled to the brim, and they just got to unload. And they unload, you know, whatever the opportune moment is. And if they unload on your garbage on you, just say it's okay. Just let it out, and you'll feel a lot better. Yes, that's what I do, and I do, and they do. Facilitate their, their wellness. Yes. Um, thank you for watching, and uh, make sure you share this, and be good to each other. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.